Hello, all you postseason baseball lovers. This is the StuPod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Swick. Chris, my man, it is uh, the, I'm going to say the best baseball day of the year. I don't know um, if, it, if this is better than opening day, but four playoff games in one day. I mean, how, how can you not love it? The action starts bright and early and goes late into the night. You can watch baseball for, I don't know, 12 or 15 hours. Today. And and all meaningful games, which I think yes, probably a... Um, we probably we probably could have done a spirited debate on this topic, but uh, I think I think I think this is better than opening day because I just I like the I like the stuff on the line, man. I guess so, but if you're a fan of let's say my local team, the Seattle Mariners, I don't know that you're getting a ton of joy out of today. Yeah, Spring is eternal in, in in April, Mike. I mean, I guess baseball, you know, like you care about your team more than. But I, I guess I look at it from like this is baseball's the closest thing we have to like. March Madness Day, you know, where you just sit mm-hmm. and watch basketball all day and you just, you know. That's so, true. I mean, I guess if you just appreciate baseball and you're not really caring about a certain team, then, it, then it's fun. But anyway, that's not the topic of the podcast. That's just something I came up with as I was talking and, and thought, wow, we should we should just talk about that for a second. <laughs> um, we have, uh, we've done three podcasts this week, so thanks for everybody who's listened to them. Uh, this one is a little different than the others. Other ones, we broke down uh, the different uh, DS matchups. And uh, this time we have a guest joining us. His name is Curtis Granderson. He plays uh, outfield for the New York Mets, and he is actually in these playoffs. If you haven't been paying attention, the Mets are in the playoffs. It's a, it's a rather big story. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they're facing the Dodgers, and I think that's going to be one of the better series. Don't you, my friend? I'm, I'm with you, yeah. I think- um, and, and Granderson was great when we talked to him, so I'm hoping everybody really enjoys that interview. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going we're gonna to get to that right now. We're going to come back and uh, talk about a few other topics from the week that interest us. So this is the StuPod on Yahoo Sports. This is the StuPod. Mike Oz and Chris Swick here uh, with the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. Very pleased today to be joined by uh, one of the nicest guys in MLB, and I, I will have the distinction of, of saying this. He he wrote for Big League Stew before both of us, right? Isn't that right, Curtis? <laughs> you wrote for Big League Stew like back in the day? I did. <laughs> so so I think we owe both Chris and I owe you because we may not have had a job if not for you. Oh, no problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I mentioned you're you're a good guy. It seems like you're always involved in a lot of stuff, you know, in the community um throughout the year. So um let's let's Start there. I know you have something going on right now with with City, um, and uh, and we're getting ready for the postseason. But you know you're right there, still out there in the community. So I guess just let's just start there, and you could tell us what what you got going on. What's well, the second annual City Community Partners? At where we, if we hit home runs at City Field over the course of the season, one of four community partners gets a chance to benefit money, uh, get money raised from the home runs we hit, and that's United Neighborhood Housing, USO. City Harvest and YMCA, four great groups that they've partnered with. And over the course of this season, we hit a record number of home runs at City Field, which raised a total of $190,000 for those four partners. So great groups to be partnered up with, uh, things that I do in the community and the things that they do in the community match up very well. So not only did those home runs win ballgames for us, but it helped raise some money for some great organizations. Yeah, I was going to say the, the people in New York are probably thrilled, though, that the uh, those home runs got you guys into the postseason, right? <laughs> Definitely. The home runs are always going to help us out. Um, as, as you, as we kind of look forward to, uh, you know, the, the, the NLDS you guys are going to play against the Dodgers, 
Um, you know, here you are, you know, kind of in the lead up to it now. The regular season's over. Um, how, how do you how do you see the matchup between your team and the Dodgers? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You got both teams that pitch very well. And as a fan growing up, I always heard the comments of pitching wins championships. I wasn't a huge believer of that, but now I get a chance to play longer in the game, and I realize that a lot of the top teams with good pitching, starting rotation, and also good bullpens end up getting to the postseason and also advancing year after year after year. This is basically kind of what you have going on right now. The Dodgers obviously have a great starting rotation. We have a very good starting rotation as well, and the bullpens are going to be very key in this. So I don't see it being a high-scoring matchup, but I do see it being a lot of fun. Hey, Curtis, uh, you were one of the guys on the team who had previous playoff experience. So I'm wondering, because, I mean, you know, we think of the Mets now, think of that young pitching staff, some of the younger guys who have come up recently. I'm wondering if the clubhouse was ever... If it ever got tight or if guys were maybe nervous, I'm wondering if you had any kind of tips or tricks to, to kind of calm things down and slow things down for some of the guys who maybe haven't ever been in a pennant race like this. Uh, well, there's definitely enjoyment over the course of the season to get a chance to be in games that matter, to be in tough ballparks and tough environments, to have all the things on the outside that's saying you can and can't do this, and finding a way to get it done. I think the younger players have something really good going for them now that they've played in big games leading up to this point. Even though they may not have played in front of a lot of fans, all the, the talk and the hype about the number one pitcher versus the number one position player versus the number one team and the scout teams and all these different things, these players have had a chance to go through coming up over the course of their career, which I think has definitely helped them out, makes the adjustment from going from college or high school to the minor leagues and also to the major leagues a little bit easier and more seamless for them. So guys like Michael Conforto, Jacob DeGrom, Matt Harvey, Noah Syndergaard, Steven Matz, just to name a few, kind of come in like they've been there for a long period of time. They're very poised, they're very confident, they're also very mature at the same time. So they've been able to do that themselves. And as we get to the postseason, and things are going to be nervous regardless, you just got to take it one game at a time and realize that over 162 games, you've done everything to get to this point. Continue to do those same things, and at the same time, enjoy the moment. We're one of the final 10 teams standing here, and definitely take advantage of it and look forward to it. Curtis, for yourself, um, you're you know, looking at a couple of days now, we're going to have to face Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke. Um, just from a preparation standpoint, how do you approach um, something like that? You know, in the postseason, these games are more crucial. You know you're going to have to go up against two guys who, you know, could potentially win the Cy Young. Uh, what is your preparation like? Well, the big thing is you don't change the preparation like any different than it was the first two times that we faced these guys over the course of the season. You know that they're going to have power stuff with their fastball. they got good secondary pitches. They can command. They throw strikes. So you got to be able to capitalize on the few mistakes that they're going to make. They're not going to make too many of them. So that's the only difference that's going to end up changing. But if you look back to the first couple games we played against them and now, both games I don't think there were a lot of runs scored. I don't think there were very many opportunities. I don't see it being very different this time around. But if you do get a chance to get those opportunities, you got to find a way to maximize How big is it to have David Wright back and healthy for this series? I know you guys, you guys played such a long time without him, and I think – a lot of times when we think about the New York Mets, David Wright is definitely one of the first names to pop up. 
it's great. One, he's the captain of the team and the organization. All the Mets fans have definitely grown to love him. They've seen him come up as a minor leaguer, get to the postseason in 2006, but unfortunately not get back there until this year. So to have the bumps and bruises that he had to go through, return back, get a chance to play at a high level like everyone knows he can do, is definitely great not only for himself but us as teammates. Uh, we love having him in the clubhouse on the field for us, doing the amazing things that he can do. So he's definitely going to be looking forward to it, and we're also going to be looking forward to it for him as well. I don't think we need to, um, you know, speak anymore about how Cespedes has, has helped you guys on the field with the numbers. I mean, everybody knows all that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from that, like, I've also seen him around. I know he's, he's like a very entertaining and engaging guy behind the scenes. Uh, he seems like a big personality. How, how how has he um, not only I guess not helped the team on the on the field but like behind the scenes like what kind of um, addition was he just in, in what he added to to the to the team in that way like in the clubhouse and stuff. I think him along with a lot of other guys on this team are are really good lead by example guys. All you got to do is watch him go about his preparation, his work, his focus and his mentality when he's stepping into the batter's box, when he's on the field defensively, when he arrives at the clubhouse, when he leaves the ballpark at the end of the day. And realize the reason why he is able to do the things that he does is because of all those things I just mentioned prior to. So if I can just follow suit a little bit of what he's been doing, Hopefully a little bit can rub off on me. Definitely going to be some good things to add to my repertoire of things I have, whether I be a young player or an old player. All the different things that Cespedes has done has gotten to this point and hopefully can help me do the things that I want to do as well. Are you going to get the canary sleeve too like that? You should. I think it look good. Say it again, I'm sorry? Are you going to get like a canary sleeve like he has? I don't, but my buddies want me to get it for them. So I got to ask him where he got them. I know everyone definitely loves the neon yellow, and number of fans that have been wearing them and rocking them have been enjoying it. I think Kelly Johnson actually tried to do it in one of our games in Cincinnati. He wasn't able to pull it off because he, he was missing the bling around his neck. <laughs> well, Curtis, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the additions at the deadline. I know there's kind of some question about whether the Mets would be able to go out and make a big move. Were you know, was bringing in Cespedes and also Tyler Clippard, was that kind of, I don't, I'm not sure what to call it, maybe just validation that ownership really believed in this club and, and really wanted to go for it? I definitely think you have to agree with the confidence that they had, not only with our team and in themselves, to say, hey, if we do make a move, what potentially can happen? Could it bite us in the butter? Can it definitely help us out? And I think they believe that it could definitely help us out. And not only that they made moves, the number of moves that they made, I've never had a chance to see that before, whether as an opponent or as a teammate, that you bring in one guy like a Cespedes at the deadline, you bring in a Clifford, you add a Addison Reed a little later on, you bring in a Kelly Johnson and a Juan Uribe. These are all big-name guys that have done big things over the course of their career, got a chance to play in postseasons, were names that every other team would have loved to have had, but we were able to get not only one of them, but all of them, which was absolutely amazing. And I still kind of shake my head at how we were able to pull this all off without having to give up big pieces for them. So I know you know the long-standing agony of Mets fans and it seems like every every time something could go wrong you know all, all the Mets fans on Twitter are just like thinking that's it it's the doom um so I'm wondering what 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 message of of comfort or co comfort or confidence or what, what can you say to the agonizing Mets fans now that you know you guys are in the postseason it didn't all fall apart um can, can you give them kind of a pep talk now that we're getting into like the the, the really crucial stuff 
Well, the big thing is a thank you to all the Mets fans. You guys have been amazing all season long, traveling not only to City Field but on the roads. You guys have done some amazing things to help us get to where we are today. Big thing, continue to keep doing those things. Just like we've been doing it for 162, we need you guys to keep doing it like you did for the previous 162. Keep the confidence high. Any and everything can potentially happen over the course of this postseason. Enjoy the moment, just like I'm going to tell all the players to do the same thing. And, and enjoy the ride. It's going to be a lot of fun. And don't, don't cry, right? You don't want them to... You want to keep it together. Keep it together. Uh, if you cry, definitely it's, it's tears of joy. That's all we want to see. Uh, Curtis, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, growing up in Chicago. Um, that's, that's also where I'm from. So I'm wondering, when you get home, if you're on like a, a road trip and you guys are playing the Cubs or something, I'm wondering what are some of the spots you have to get to while you're there, whether it's like a restaurant or just a place you have to go, what, what are some of your can't-miss places back home? Uh, well, first and foremost, whenever I do get a chance to get home, I love just staying at home um, yeah. whenever we play either the Cubs or the White Sox. So that's cool. You know, I don't get a chance to do that over the course of the season. And um, even if it's three days or four-day series, whatever it is, I'm going to enjoy uh, just keeping it in my own bed for a little bit. Uh, but if I do get a chance to get out, get some food, see friends and family, I love taking them over to 5050 and Wicker Park, which I'm part owner of, obviously. Great food, great environment to do that. If we don't want to go for uh, the wings and burgers side of things, we swing over to Roots Pizza and uh, Ukraine Village and get some pizza and do some things over there not too far from each other. So two definite places I enjoy going to. Um, friends and family enjoy them as well. Uh, we can see TV. We can watch games. We can hang out. Uh, it's a great environment. I definitely had a lot of fun there. Let, let's say, Curtis, that you guys end up playing the Cubs like in the, in the NLCS or something. How how are you, how's your family in Chicago going to handle that? Like, do you do you have any do you have any any sympathy for the Cubs at this point, or or is it just like ah, they're another team that we have to beat? Uh, it'll be a mix because I have friends and family that are Cubs fans, but also some are White Sox fans. So I think I have uh, an interesting request number coming in <laughs> that hey, we want to see you guys beat them. We also want to see them beat you. So I don't know how I want to take it if it ends up unfolding and going that way. But obviously, a lot of my friends there keep in touch with me. They're excited to get a chance to see the Cubs back in the postseason. So they're going to be cheering for them. But I also have a lot of friends and family that are fans of not only me, but the team that I'm playing for. So if it does end up shaping up that way, it'll be a lot of fun. Curtis, I know um, a couple years ago, before you signed with the Mets, I remember there being a little bit of buzz about you maybe playing in Chicago. Was that ever... Was there ever anything extra that goes into that? I mean, were you the type of person who maybe didn't want to play at home for the entire season, or did that not really matter at the time? Uh, at the time, there actually was more buzz on the outside than there was actually happening. Um, okay. I, I didn't really hear too much from the Cubs or the White Sox, but the papers did an amazing job of putting it out there, uh, <laughs> that showing that I could potentially end up with one of those two teams. Uh, the most interest that I've seen at some point in time was early on when I was a high school player. I got a chance to go to some Chicago White Sox showcase camps and, and demonstrate if I could potentially be a professional ball player. But up until that point, there hasn't been too much. Not to say that it will never happen. Who knows, um, at the end of my career, you know, I may end up over there. It'd be interesting if I did, whether it be on the north side with the Cubs or on the south side with the White Sox. But I've enjoyed you know, the career that I've had up to this point, getting a chance to be with Detroit, the Yankees, and now the Mets. So who knows how things are going to wrap up when it's all said and done. Um, Curtis, as you can tell, we, we don't just talk baseball in here. We get into you know stuff to eat and, and whatever. I'm curious, though. Um, you know, in, in, the, in the playoffs, it seems like you guys have probably a little more, a little more traveling sometimes. Um, 
you know, there's probably just a little more stuff going on, um, you know, surrounding um, the atmosphere, you know, TV and whatnot. I'm, I'm wondering um, when you're playing in the postseason, is, is it more important for you to find like your time to either, I don't know, find your solitude and listen to music or, or watch TV or like when you're in your hotel room, like does, does that kind of stuff um, affect you or is it just like, hey, I'm going to, you know, this is what I do. I listen to music at, at, at before the game or I watch, you know, TV the night before. Is it just staying in that routine or, or is it more important to kind of find your solitude? No, for me, I try to stay in the same routine. Um, so that will consist of catching up on television shows that I've missed over the course of the day or for through travel. Uh, iTunes, Netflix are definitely big things for me. Um, I always try to find food in the areas that they're known for. So if we happen to be in L.A. like we're going to, um, you know, I'll try to find some top restaurants out there that are known for having really good food. Go get some food out there with some friends or family that happen to be in town and get ready for the game. You know, no different than any other thing, any other game over the course of the season. Try to treat everything the same when we get back here to New York and, and, and play over here. Same type of thing. I'm going to get some breakfast in the morning. I'm going to try to watch some TV if it happens to be during the week. Hopefully catch some Law & Order marathons as, as the day goes along. <laughs> Always good. Get Always to the good. ballpark and, and, and go from there. All right, hey Curtis, we we appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck, and and I will say you were you were probably better at this than Chris and I. You were very well spoken, and I I assume that has to be because of the time you spent on Big League Stew writing. I, I think we are responsible for for all that, right? It it, it definitely helped yeah. out. Um, it got me to this point, so I appreciate it. And thank you very much for the compliment. We will continue to take credit, Curtis Grandison. Thank you for joining us on the Stew Pod. Have a wonderful October. No thank you very much, and look forward to talking to you guys soon. Hey, thanks, Curtis. That was great, man. Uh, we'd love to have you on, and uh, we've, been, we've been hoping all year. So uh, uh, best of luck with everything. Awesome. Thank you. We are back on the Stew Pod. Thank you again to Curtis Granderson for joining us uh, on behalf of City. And, uh, you know, they have City Field out there in New York. I don't know if you made that connection, Chris. Of course. I don't know if you're that smart or not. Come on. Ah. So, uh, lots of baseball this week. We've obviously been paying a lot of attention to it on on Big League Stew. Um, Lots of excitement. Uh, You know, we're down to eight playoff teams now. And we're not really going to talk too much about the series just because, you know, hopefully people can listen to this um, throughout the weekend and, and, you know, all this stuff could change by the time we're, we're talking about it right now. So, I don't want to talk about, oh, man, the Blue Jays are really in trouble, and then by Monday you're listening to it, and the Blue Jays are on the, on the verge of shutting it out or something, you know? So, and we did, we did do the two preview yeah, podcasts. Yeah. So, so if you want to hear us talk about the series, yeah. go for those. Exactly. Good point, Kurt. That, that's a very good plug by you. <clears throat> Just listen to every one of our podcasts in a row in <laughs> chronological order. It's Just like you're hanging out with us for the weekend. Pretty much. One of the uh, one of the more interesting stories this week that I thought off the you know off the field um, was the Pete Rose thing, which um, has been blowing up our, our Twitter timeline like crazy. Uh, if anybody missed it, Pete Rose kind of did one of those uh, back in my day rants about Josh Donaldson, Jose Bautista leaving Game One, and and you know Josh Donaldson especially uh, got kicked in the head, said he was lightheaded, came out of the game, which in 2015 makes current you know, it makes tons of sense, you know, considering our current uh, scares with concussions and, and head trauma and whatnot. But uh, Pete Rose said that he got, he was lightheaded how many times? He never left a game and blah, 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 and all that kind of typical stuff. 
Um, and of course, anything with Pete Rose, you know, people are, are going to be super opinionated on it. Some people even don't even care about what he said and just are using it as a, as a platform to talk about whether he should be in the Hall of Fame, which um, literally I think, Chris, that if some, there's people out there that if they see Pete Rose's name, they just automatically spout off their reason yep. why he should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, they're programmed to do that. Yes. Like, it's, it's amazing. I'm like, this is, that's not even what this is about. Like, why are you, why are you doing that? But um, the question I wanted to ask you, Chris, because obviously there, there's a degree of um, criticism coming at Pete Rose for this, uh, is how, how does this or does this change your opinion of Pete Rose at all? Uh, it doesn't. I, this, this may come as a shock, but I don't really have a high opinion of Pete Rose <laughs> in the first place. Um, so... Sorry if you're a Pete Rose supporter out there and you're angry right now, but um, I've just never held the guy in high regard. I mean, he admitted to gambling on the game, and that was rule number one at the time, so I don't really get the sympathetic angle on him. And so focusing on just this current controversy, it just seems like that's exactly what anyone would have expected Pete Rose to say. And I think it's ridiculous, especially... In Donaldson's situation, um, you know, if Pete Rose had paid attention to the game in, in recent years, I think he would have seen plenty of examples of guys who have had their careers ruined by concussions or nearly ruined by concussions. Uh, I'm thinking Corey Kosky of the Twins. He His career was derailed by concussions. I think Mike Matheny uh, eventually retired after yeah. having a ton of concussions. Just Joe Maurer. It's not been the same player. Justin Morneau, it took him years to finally uh, see his numbers return. Denard Spann, he went through the same thing. I just, it's not something I want to play around with, especially if, you know, I'm, well, it, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter how good of a player I am. It's, I don't want to see anyone go through that. And you just take, you know, Donaldson and the level he's played at and what he means to the Blue Jays. I feel like if he was concerned enough about his own condition to leave the game, Pete Rose needs to respect that. I mean, everybody knows the stakes, okay? Donaldson yeah. knows how important this game is. The Blue Jays haven't been in the playoffs for God knows how long. He's probably doing everything in his power to stay in that game. So the fact that he removed himself or was removed probably speaks to how serious the situation was. And let's keep in mind there are protocols for these things, so... You know, it's not the Wild West like when like when Pete Rose played. Um, and he didn't seem to understand that. <laughs> yeah, like, just... <laughs> right. Like, Ra Raul Abanez was like, well, Pete, you know, they have they have these protocols now, so it, it might not have been Josh Donaldson's call. They might have just had to take him out of the game. And the Pete Rose like, back in my day. Yeah, exactly. But the thing about, and I'll, I'll, I'll I pretty much agree with you on the fact that, like, it does not change my opinion of Pete Rose at all. And my opinion of Pete Rose is that, uh, great baseball player. I, I think that um, you know every deserves every bit of, of uh, praise for his playing that he gets, and um, off the field seems like kind of a jack wagon. You know, <laughs> just yeah. I, you know, nothing. Everything else just does not seem like the the really really good choices or whatever. You know, I mean, even just it just seems like he's one of those guys, man. He hangs out in Vegas and. And opens a sports bar and, and serves corn dogs. You know, I mean, it's just it's just what he does. And I don't know. There's there's a degree of um, I don't want to say trashiness, but there's a degree of something about P Rose where you're like, yeah, of course you're gonna, 
you know, not be sensitive to the fact that, that some dude like was lightheaded and, and they took him out of the game. Um, so I don't know. I, it does not change my opinion, but I do think on a different level, like hearing Pete Rose do the, do the announcers or do the, do the announcement. Sorry. Is, um, it, it's sort of like when you're around like your offensive aunt or uncle, I was just going to say and that, they yeah. and, and they say something and they just kind of look around like waiting for you to be like, oh, man. Like he just kind of has that <laughs> look about him. Like, he just says stuff. And then he's like, ha-ha, listen to what I just said and waiting for you to get all like mad or laugh or, or whatever it is. And, you can tell that like everyone at the table is uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no one's speaking though. I mean, it's good TV. Like it's, it's good. Like what kind of madness are you going to say? And. Um, and, and kind of in the opposite of Pedro Martinez, where you know that, like, like we know Pedro's going to say something, like, really interesting, and, and sometimes, like, um, uh, you know, that's going to grab a headline, but, it, it, I mean, it's never blatantly just he's actually intelligent. irresponsible. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but he'll also, but he, he's also brave enough to call people out, you know, which I kind of right. like about Pedro. And then Pete Rose is just sort of the opposite of that, and I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. Well, All right, I think we, we've... Uh, should we move to... Uh, yeah, we've talked about Pete Rose enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are, we, are we calling this an important question? I don't know. I mean, it could be. It could be the it postseason like version. Be. Yeah, it seems like an important question. All right, well, there's a story floating around about a barber uh, in the Chicagoland area. Is that, has that been confirmed? Um, I don't know if it's in Chicagoland specific, but it's in Chicago. Got it. And what he did uh, for this playoff run is he shaved a image of Jake Arrieta's face into a fan's head, like a portrait. It's like a it's yeah, like a portrait of Jake Arrieta, and it looks pretty awesome. And I think you'll be able to see it on uh, on our site at some point. And yeah, it'll be up. that that kind of leads to uh, what I guess we're going to call the important question. Uh, Mike, if you had to get a player shaved into your head, who would it be and why? Ooh, ooh that's a good one. Um, I, of course, being the uh, provocateur that I am, Chris, mm-hmm. going with the man himself, Big Bryce. And she's got Bryce Harper's head on your on your head right there. I mean, just just scowling at people like so you can just scowl at the people behind you, just with like with the eye black, and someone you're walking in front of somebody. And you just, you know, they, they see Bryce behind you just kind of staring at him. I mean, you might get choked. It's possible. But, but, but you would let people know you're about business. What I like about the Bryce Harper choice is that you would have his insane haircut in your actual <laughs> haircut. It's like haircutception. That would be cool if, if then there was like a little piece, like a little, a little part of it that came out, like, you know, some yeah. Bryce hair. But I think I think it'd be clutch, man. I think that would be a very nice, uh, nice pick. What, what do you got? Well, I feel like Bryce Harper's the obvious choice, and I probably would have said that. However, uh, I want to involve the playoff teams, so I want to pick someone. Oh, so you're better than me now? Who's currently playing? No, I just say if we were going to include everybody, I'd probably say Harper. Okay. But I'm going to limit myself to the playoff teams, and I'm going to go with Zach Grinky because I feel like. Well, first off, he's a really good pitcher, and secondly, I feel like he would appreciate it if he saw it. If I went to a game and I was like, hey, Zach, I have you shaved in the back of my head, I feel like he'd be pretty cool with that. He'd be into it. He also so, kind of makes funny faces, so you could get like a funny face. 
Zach Greinke. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. yeah, there you go. I just I want the recognition from Zach. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna change I'm gonna change this up on you real quick because we di- we didn't even pre pre plan this. But former player, if you had to get a former player shaved into your head, who would it be? I know I know what I'm picking. Oh, Frank Thomas. I mean, he's my favorite player. <laughs> that's your so dude. Okay. That's easy. Uh, the grandstanding guys did a did a. Uh, I was going to say the grandstanding guys did a stew pod. The grandstanding <laughs> guys did a podcast with Frank Thomas. If you want to go listen to that, it's it's out on the. Uh, the oh, Yahoo look Sports. at you! Yeah. What a plug! I know it's a good plug. I'd go with Dave Stewart, um, like pitching, like on the mound. Dave Stewart, like just on the mound, like just staring you down. Again, for the same reason, I just want the person who's behind me to be like, "Dang, this guy is." <laughs> he, he's scary. He, he's scaring me. He's got this this intimidating person looking back at me. And uh, but I, I don't know. I also I love I love uh, I love Mean Mug and Dave Stewart. He's great. So that's that's my pick. Yeah. Uh, any I mean any other comments about haircuts? Haircuts? No. What hairstyles? Mean, I you good. got you got a haircut yesterday. I did get a haircut yesterday. Amazing. Yeah. I, I knew that. I knew that my options to get my haircut next the, the next few days would be limited, and I really should have waited because then I would have walked in there like, "Hey, give me Arietta." I was just going to say, "I want an Arietta on my head." You missed an opportunity. Yeah, and they'd be like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Would you mind going somewhere else, sir? We don't we don't do that here. What a shame. Yeah, I know. Well, next time. Yeah, I'll uh, we'll report back on the next podcast whether I went out and got a got a crazy. Uh, Crazy haircut. I will say, well, actually, while we're on the subject, I, I am impressed with the postseason haircut so far. Uh, Gerard Dyson has Zoom in his head. Yep. George Springer has, like, some weird, like, I don't know, line thing going in his head. Um, we haven't seen Puig yet. Puig often has some good haircuts. So yep. I'm curious to see what, what he's going to have going on. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I like haircuts, man. So... Any any players out there listening? Because I know all, all the MLB players listen to this too, pod like, all the time. Um, show show us what you got, man. If uh, if if somebody on the Cubs shows up with the Jake Arrieta haircut, like that would be it. So Chris Bryant, if you're listening to the podcast, make it happen, man. Think about it. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. The blogs would write about it for sure. Of course. All right, I think we're done for today. Let's get. We're gonna go watch some more baseball. I uh, hope you guys enjoy these uh, this weekend of playoffs. Thanks again to Curtis Granderson for joining us. Um, stick stick with big leagues too, of course, because we are just writing about everything that's going on in baseball in the playoffs. And uh, check out the Yahoo Sports Podcasting Network, yahoosportspodcast.tumblr.com. And uh, Chris, do you have any final words for the people? Uh, subscribe to our podcast and feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars and enjoy playoff baseball. All right. We'll see you guys later and uh, watch more podcasts because we got them coming. This has been the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports. See you later. <laughs>